Read and hear more about important news and policy issues at ncpolicywatch.com. This is News and Views. Welcome to News and Views. I'm your host, Rob Schofield. After more than a decade of destructive foot dragging that's caused thousands of preventable deaths and robbed our state of billions of dollars in federal funds, Republican state lawmakers are finally moving to follow the lead of 38 other states by expanding North Carolina's Medicaid program. Earlier this week, I caught up with a state lawmaker who's been championing this cause for more than a decade, Guilford County State Senator Gladys Robinson. And as Robinson told me, while she's thrilled that expansion appears to be just months away, she still wishes that it occurred earlier and that her GOP colleagues could experience similar epiphanies on some other key issues pending on Jones Street. Senator Gladys Robinson, welcome back to News and Views. Thanks so much for being with us. Well, thank you so much. I always enjoyed spending time with you, Rob. Obviously, a big victory on an issue you've been championing for a long time has happened in recent days, and that's Medicaid expansion and passing in the Senate. Talk to us about how long you've worked on this and maybe what it means and your feelings of whether you're feeling vindicated or frustrated or maybe a little of both about how long it took to get it done. Well, of course, it's frustrating that it took so long, but I am so pleased with, that we finally got to a point where Um, My Republican colleagues understand the importance of ensuring the working, I call them the working poor people, uh, because I think that's what they were missing. You know, when I came down here, it's been, this is my 13th year, probably 12 years ago, or maybe 11 or so, Senator Blue and I filed the first bill. And based on my health care background, I understood who the folks were because we had done some clinics for uninsured and underinsured people. But it was difficult to get the folk here to understand that these aren't Medicaid beneficiaries. These are folk who go to work every day, uh, don't make a, a living wage and can't afford health care, health insurance for their families, for them as well. So I'm pleased that we finally got to a point where they understand the issue. They understand who the folk are. A lot of them are in their communities. Right. Uh, (laughs) You know, so I I never got the fact that they didn't understand that. So I'm really pleased that we're here. Sorry, it's going to take the budget getting passed because I had hoped, and I'm sure the department had hoped, that we'd get it done and so they could begin to enroll people because you know, the money doesn't come until you enroll the first person. And they had hoped that we could go and enroll folks and we could begin that process on June 1 in terms of getting the federal receipts down. Billions of dollars. Do you have any concerns? Is there a chance that this fact that it's been tied to the state budget could present some challenges in getting it finally across the finish line? I know some people are concerned that could include a lot of other stuff that maybe might be more objectionable. Yeah, well, I, I think we'll get it across in the state in the um, budget. However, you know, the staff has said from uh, in the department have said, you know, depending on when, for for instance, for the hospital payments, they may have to get it the next quarter since it'll be a little later. And as long as we get people enrolled, I believe they told me by June one, we shouldn't miss the money, the $1.7 billion. So hopefully the Republicans who are in charge will understand that. I'm sure they understand that. And they don't want to lose any money. So I'm counting on the fact 
uh, that we'll get it done in time. You spoke of hospitals, and, and obviously expansion is critical for our state. Oh, yes. You oh, represent yes. an area with Moses Cone Memorial. Share with our listeners, you know, how expansion will help our medical facilities. Well, Some of which struggle. Uh, yeah, because hospitals in, in the Medicaid expansion, hospitals pay an assessment. You know, we get 90% from the federal government, but they pay the 10%. And they've mm-hmm. agreed to do that. But if they're able to draw down the federal money called HASP, H-A-S-P, then this helps to kind of make them whole. For some, it doesn't make them totally whole, but it helps a lot. Hospitals that people don't understand have paid for care for uninsured people. Most of the people who are uninsured because they don't have a provider, they don't have the money, they, they go to the emergency room. And that's where they've gotten their primary care, unfortunately. And hospitals have been paying this cost. But with the Medicaid expansion, with getting the HASP money, it's really going to help hospitals a lot across the state. We can keep our rural hospitals open, too. And that's critical. Certainly, our Republican colleagues ought to understand that. They ought to really rush it, <laughs> because they said they've been concerned about rural hospitals and care in the rural areas. We've certainly been concerned about it. And Medicaid expansion is going to keep those hospitals open uh, so people don't have to travel 50, 100 miles to get health care. So we're really pleased with that, but it ought to be a sense of urgency for the Republicans. We're talking with State Senator Gladys Robinson of Guilford County, who's one of the veteran voices of the state Senate, one of the most knowledgeable people on health care and state budget matters. And speaking of state budget, Governor Roy Cooper released his budget last week. It sounds like he's got a lot of encouraging ideas for improving some public services and structures that have really struggled mightily in recent years. What's your take on the budget? Are you hopeful that it will receive a favorable uh, response in the state Senate? Well, I applaud the governor for being a visionary governor and for looking at the needs of the state. So he's done a great job in putting it together. However, the Republicans initially had some what I call poor comments in terms of of his plan. You know, we know that North Carolina, one, is losing teachers We know that our teachers don't make a good salary. And his budget really pushes our teachers up uh, to second in, I think, in the South. So, you know, move our entrance level up to 40-something thousand. We really will be able to compete and to hold teachers. Plus, teachers will have a living wage. And, And that's so important. Teachers teach our most prized possession, that's our children. And so we ought to really reward them or give them a salary comparable to the kind of work they do. He also includes over a billion dollars for mental health services. And Republicans really ought to support those two things. If they don't support anything else, they ought to, it ought <laughs> to be in their budget. I don't see how anybody could not include services for mental health. We see what the need is in the state. We see how people uh, have been hurting. We, we know that youth mental health services uh, are so critical because issues in our school systems, issues with kids with guns, but just the whole concern about, I think the department said a 41% increase 
or something like that in our state. So we have to fund mental health. We must do that in the state if we care anything about it. Yeah, the statistics on youth, even attempted and contemplated youth suicide are just terrifying. Oh, and that, the pandemic has had such a negative effect and so many kids have nowhere to turn except perhaps That's to true. a counselor at school or a therapist. And if we don't fund those, then boy. Really That's hard. right. That's right. And and counselors are saying that they really cannot handle it. Some are, are just leaving the job because it's just too many kids for them to handle. So we really need to fund counselors and social workers and psychologists at our schools. Nurses, of course, too. <laughs> we need to fund nurses. A lot of so them. we have the funds and we need to use it for the people of our state. It's their money. It's not our money to squirrel away and put in savings reserves and into the rainy day fund. We have plenty of money there, but we need to serve the people of North Carolina. Yeah, I noted the governor also advanced some ideas on tax policy that he's sort of saying, hey, maybe we can slow down on some of these scheduled mm -hmm. tax cuts, particularly the corporate income tax, maybe limit the personal income tax cuts to people who are at least people under $200,000 a right. year so that maybe the, the millionaires and, and the giant global corporations, maybe they're doing okay. Maybe they don't need yet another tax cut in North Carolina. I take it, maybe you thought that was a good idea as well. Yeah, well, I agree totally with that. I think you said over $200,000, certainly that people don't need that tax break. And I agree with that wholly, uh, as well as keeping the corporate tax at two and a half percent. We don't need to lower that to zero. We know that that's a, a, an important part of our revenue, along with personal taxes, but the, the corporate taxes. And corporations have an ax for that. They're coming into our state. They're glad to be a part of the state. They're willing to pay their share. And so we need them to pay their share. And I tell people, Rob, all the time that if we decrease corporate taxes to zero, we decrease all the personal income tax. In the years to come, we won't be able to fund education. We won't be able to fund healthcare, but education is so crucial. So I don't know where they think we'll get the money. Yeah. We're coming to the end of our time with Senator Gladys Robinson of Guilford County, but I wanna ask you about another issue that I know you've taken a stand on, which is voting rights and the freedom to vote. You're the sponsor of a Freedom to Vote Act, which takes on a number of provisions in our democracy these days that seem to be sort of in jeopardy. There's so many issues in that realm we could talk about. I don't know if there are any that stand out for you as most important, whether it's protecting our poll workers or making voting more accessible to people or uh, just uh, restoring faith in our elections. I wonder what, if you have any general take on sort of the state of election law in North Carolina. Well, you know, I'm most concerned about uh, what the Supreme Court is going to do. I'm extremely concerned about that because the, unfortunately, the Supreme Court isn't doing what it should. The Supreme Court should be the neutral body that is and not partisan, that is looking at rights of all the people in, the, in our state. And voting ought to be a primary issue. I'm concerned about them uh, requiring voter ID. I fought against that for years. So that should not be the issue. Plus this attack on the state board of elections should not continue like it is. You know, they have done a good job with what they have. And I believe the executive director has answered everybody's questions. 
So there should not be that kind of attack. Instead, what we ought to be doing is putting funds into each county board of elections so that they can do their job in terms of the equipment, making uh, sure that people have access to voting on Saturdays as well as Sundays and that people can do mail-in ballots. <laughs> we, we need to, you know, all of this foolishness to really curb people's uh, right to vote is just craziness to me. And it's not about one part or the other. Everybody, regardless of whether you're Republican, Democratic, or, or Independent, ought to have access to the ballot and it ought to be made available as much as possible. And we ought to have that on weekends as well as during the week, and we ought to have it so you can mail it in and those ballots will be counted. You know, uh, one bill said ballots won't be counted after the date, last day of election. That's crazy. Yeah. We can't control the mail. <laughs> so we, we need to make sure that access is there for people of this state. Preserving our democracy remains a, a an obvious no-brainer, you would think, but it sounds like you may have some challenges getting this legislation through, but we appreciate your willingness to keep plugging away on it and just trust maybe like Medicaid expansion, eventually the message will get through and some people will see the light on some of these issues. Thank you so much for your service to our state. And uh, Thank you, Rob. Thank you for keeping it out there to the public because that's so important for us. Hey, Senator Gladys Robinson of Guilford County. Thanks. We'll talk to you again real soon. Hang in there. Thank you. Coming up next, a look at some recently introduced legislation that could go a long way towards strengthening and rebuilding public confidence in our democracy. Don't go away. 